Thank you, Steely Voice Radio Man. Get ready for this one as uh, we are in, for a special Soccer Weekly here. Guys, it's a pleasure. My co-hosts here. We're, yeah. not, we're not messing around today with uh, Jordan Harvey and Stephen Betashore from LAFC. It's Blackout LA Week. Big game against Atlanta United. We'll get all, we'll get to all that. But guys, it's a pleasure to have you here. Yeah, uh, thanks. Uh, w- welcome to the back to back edition. Yes, yeah. yes. I'm taking. I'm, I'm, yeah. I feel like I'm a guest of the back to back podcast. Thanks for being with us. Thanks I, for being I, our co-host. We appreciate. This it. This is the only way I figured I was going to get on your podcast. <laughs> Nobody was asking me up until now, so I uh, you do tricked your way it. into it. Yeah, let's uh, let's jump right into uh, like we love to do here on Soccer Weekly. Tough loss. LAFC go to uh, Dignity Health Sports. It took me yeah, forever it, to learn that now? rhythm. Yeah, whatever. It's StubHub Center to me. It's the old Home Depot, uh, Home Depot, Home Depot Center. Center way back in the day where I first uh, had my season tickets in the upper deck. Yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> I don't still have them. And LAFC uh, suffer a tough loss. 3-2. Uh, you got Zlatan. Let's face it. I mean, that's it happens. You know, what are you going to do? But... To me, the, the the game seemed to me to be kind of typical of the losses. Frankly, there haven't been many of them <laughs> in the season; just a couple. We can only count them on a few fingers. But it it just wasn't kind of in your grasp. It seemed, you know, like, like the Vancouver game, uh, even the draw against Chicago, kind of a you know not the best performance yeah. we've ever seen. Although Chicago, to their credit, played well. Then the loss, you know, again, and then this one. It just didn't seem like you guys had like the, the hands around the throat like you usually do. Yeah, there's only really one place to start, and that's with that game, obviously, to give it a little recap. But it's funny you say that because we go up 1-0 so quickly oh, in. Absolutely. And uh, you think we're buzzing, but uh, to their credit, Galaxy responded to us going up 1-0 really well. Um, I think Corona and Dos Santos were big difference makers in that they applied a lot of pressure on our midfield, and it was difficult. Um, and then, you know, they, they took us out of our game. If you look back at that game and even going in at halftime after the first half, I was talking with the guys and it just kind of breezed by, went by so quick. They kind of just knocked us out of our rhythm. And, um, you know, I don't even remember getting many touches in that first half. It was just kind of hectic and you knew, and we should have done better with this, but you knew everything was going through Zlatan. And I think that's something that, um, we're going to definitely improve on yeah. next time around. Well, that's the thing that that I started noticing and was getting a little frustrated with, to be honest with you. It's not the first ball. He's going to win the header on the long ball, okay? Yeah. Nobody's going to beat him in the air, generally speaking. I mean, obviously Walker can win a few, and but Zlatan knows where the ball's going to be delivered. Bingham did a great job of getting it there. At some point, you just got to win the second ball. Yeah. He, he can only do so much from 45 yards out when that ball comes arriving from the keeper. And we just just were not winning the second ball. And to their credit, that's what the that's what the Galaxy took advantage of. I think is is getting to that ball first after Zlatan heads it wherever it went. Yeah, you know. And again, he's forty five yards from goal at that point. You know, that still fits right into what they're, you guys should be doing. Pretty good at anticipating where it's going to go. Absolutely, and he knows where to hit it down. Either Absolutely. chest it down, play in front of him, or they know when he's flicking it on. Yeah, so. I mean, I, to me, at some point, the best the best thing that was happening was when he chested it down. From 45 yards out. That yeah. was the one that at least LAFC had a great you know, grasp on that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. the frustrating part with that is, is that, like you're saying, it's coming from Bingham or it's coming from Polenta from the left yes. back spot. And, and at no point do you want someone to just bring the ball down with no pressure. And I think um, it goes to a bunch of different things. I think we dropped a little bit too much. I think um, you know we weren't able to get those second balls or get numbers around the ball. I think there's a number of things that we can do better. 
And I think uh, at the end of the day, we were just a little bit too soft with them. What is it, seriously? I, I don't mean to disparage a team that's across town, right? They're, they're doing very well this season, and they're, they're obviously a threat. What is it about some teams that they get their best performances against one other team? It, it, like, I saw, <laughs> we saw it with Vancouver. Frankly, it was the best game they played in three years to beat LAFC. Obviously, you're going to get the best out of teams because you're the best team in the league, and the, you know that's who they're shooting for. But LA Galaxy have been uh, you know hot garbage at times this year, and yet they always come ready to play. I wonder if they were more focused on us when they played San Jose back to back. I don't doubt it. It's, it looked like it, unless the earthquakes have suddenly become Barcelona, <laughs> which and don't get me wrong, they're playing better. But yeah. come on, I mean, yeah. they the earthquakes tore apart that same team. Yeah. Fabio Alvarez was lost in games <laughs> leading up to the LAFC one. Then he finds himself somehow, yeah. you know, and has the best game I've seen him play. And he's a good player. He'll find his way in this league. But just unbelievable. And, you know, that's what leaves you scratching your head. It's like you're going to get the best punch from these guys, it seems, every time. Now. Yeah, I typically respond well to those punches. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that you have to look in sport. No one ever goes undefeated, mm-hmm. you know. Losses are good. You learn a lot from these losses. And so it's just a matter of how you respond to, to these moments. And uh, So, so far, how did you guys respond? Well. Be honest. We haven't had a game yet, so we'll see tomorrow, right? Well, so. you've responded well to the losses all year yeah. I and mean, tough games, even even whether it's combining it with the U.S. Open Cup scheduling. and Whenever you lose, you guys bounce right back and then some. Exactly. So. Yeah, we had some time off, um, came back in, and like every week we get back to the grind. We watch video. We try to combat go over the things that we just started discussing and, and going over the um, you know kind of lack of intensity which I think attributed to maybe not getting those second balls and stuff like that so it's just going back to everything that we do and that's what I and that's what I've been preaching ever since I've been with LAFC is that I love that we don't change our mentality given one hiccup you know we we go back to the to the grind and go back to the things that we do best and so um, if in one given game, I know it was a big one against Galaxy, and I know fans um, want this game more than probably any other regular season game in the league, but um, we had a tough one, and uh, we go back to it, and we have a nice, difficult uh, game uh, Friday that's going to be a good one to bounce back from. Hashtag Blackout LA, a big week for LAFC Jordan Harvey, Stephen Betashore, and Dave Denholm here on Soccer Weekly on the home of LAFC ESPN LA. Speaking of tough games, 2018, maybe the toughest game, other than losing in a, po- a postseason, is Atlanta United going to Atlanta. And that was just an interesting wake-up call for the team. Well, they're coming here now, and again, it's getting coming off a loss. Uh, Frank DeBoer still trying to figure it out. If I'm Atlanta United, I'm scared, bottom line. They've been playing well, and Joseph Martinez is a great player, no doubt. But, I, you know, I, I really, I'm looking forward to this matchup. I think it's a good matchup. Uh, it's, it's a matchup that, you know, if you're looking at on paper the schedule, a lot of people circle this date. Um, yep. You know, obviously they're last year's champion. Um, a lot of people are comparing us to them, how they were their first year um, as an expansion team, losing in that first round against Columbus. And then the next year they're coming back in their second year, similar to us, and going off to, you know, a flying start, you know, almost uh, setting the record for points in the season and ultimately winning the MLS Cup. So I think a lot of the things that they did in those first two years are uh, similar to what we're trying to do, um, you know, and in our style of playing football from from start to finish and similar to what Jordan said is just getting back to our ways, getting back to, you know, playing our football. And it's a matchup where they're a good team. They're on uh, 
decent role now. They're in a good position, I think, second in the East. So um, we're looking forward to it. We're coming off a loss. We're hungry. Uh, there's nothing more that you want than to get back on the field after yeah. a loss. So well, it's going to be a great game tomorrow. I think it's interesting because Bob said it's a whole different look for this team, too. I mean, it's still very good. But they play a different style now with this new man. You know, obviously it's not the same as Tata Martino on the sideline with this team. Yeah, and I think that goes to what Beta's saying that they they had a grow growing period or a uh, they had to develop into divorce style, and um, I think you saw a mix and match of lineups as well, and trying to fit guys in, new guys, and being without Almiron, who was a massive part of their success. So um, they're on a bit of a roll right now, and you know we go through this and. I just feel like uh, they have the trophy, man. Like they're saying, you're you're talking about how they should be scared of us. Well, fair Listen, enough. They they have the trophy, and that's something that we are so motivated for is to just get some hardware. And obviously, we weren't able to do it in the Open Cup, but now we want that supporter shield. Now we want those records. Now we want to get into the playoffs and get that trophy. So um, I'm motivated. I know everybody else in the team is as well. And then coming off of this loss, it's just extra motivation and something that's. I feel like is going to springboard us through the rest of the season. All right, MLS All Star Game coming up. I don't. I, I agree completely. But you put a nice cap on that, Captain Carlos Vela. He is an MLS All Star captain yet again, right? And obviously the most deserving player in the league of that honor. I. This is a question I want to ask. We haven't really been firing questions at you yet, but and we will get to some of those later too. What does the All Star Game mean to players? Be honest. I. I love. MLS, like since probably before you guys were born, almost well, not literally, but uh, and <laughs> I'm thirty five, so yeah, I, yeah, know, I don't know. Really, it's close, <laughs> although the league was not. Yeah, I love this league. It is my league, right? And I love everything about it. I love you know the thought of going to the Champions League and playing these teams. And I, I can't wait to get to the Club World Cup. Hope it's still around when we can really go after it. But an All Star game. I watch it, but you know it's fun and it's all it's cool and all. But what does it mean to the players? I think I mean Beta's been an all star, so he can kind of speak more to this. <laughs> try to, yeah, <laughs> try trying to. to be polite yeah, about it. But yeah. I, I think it, the recognition is something that sure, players look sure. forward to. Just the recognition, the game. Couldn't you I just name know. a team? Like I say this in baseball, I say this in these other ones where we we see these teams every night. On you know, I mean, yeah, we don't have like the old days when I was a kid when you didn't see the National League much if you were in an American League town. Couldn't you just name a nice all-star team about midway through and give them a you know a nice little award or something? Yeah, it's uh, for just... the it's for the fans, yeah. you know. And if you're saying from a player's perspective, I think it's the recognition yeah. that you are a top player in the league. I think there's a lot of commercial and marketing things that go into it from the league fair enough, standpoint. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and then you know there's the skills competition, so it's a bit of a circus in that uh, you know you have. I think Carlos is doing some of the skill stuff we were yeah. talking about today. And so it's just fun for the fans to see the players and maybe interact with them and see them in a different setting than game in, game out. Um, but from a player's perspective, being recognized, I think, is the most important part. But Somebody's doing something nice for somebody, aren't we? Isn't someone? It's already like we're flying yeah, by here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Jordan, you mentioned something. You yes. Mentioned. So uh, we were talking about this big game coming up, Blackout yeah. L.A., and uh, I thought I would uh, throw two tickets and this VIP experience that uh, that LAFC does on a weekly basis out to some of your listeners. So, okay. Um, because I'm number two, let's go with the second caller. All right. 877-710-ESPN is the number. Sorry, go ahead. No worries. 877-710-3776. Second caller. 
to that number right now is going to win this package. What in the world? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> There's some good stuff in here. What's going on? Yeah, so uh, the VIP experience, you get two tickets. You get an autographed team ball. We just did a massive uh, signing uh, with probably like over a 1,000 pieces of <laughs> yeah. swag, LAFC. So this will last them through definitely the remainder of the season. But you get an autographed team ball. And then uh, post-match, you can get on the field and – uh, kind of enjoy that LAFC Bank of California Stadium. From I, the, from probably the, the coolest part of the yeah, the I love yeah, watching being the on the field. PKs. Yeah. I do. I, even when we're doing the post game show, I'm watching all the fans come out and uh, everybody gets a kick out of that. There's no pun intended there, but yeah, it's a great package. <laughs> Eight seven seven. Well, who am I kidding? We already have a winner. So uh, thank you so much, Jordan. We appreciate that as always. Black and gold breakdown coming up, plus more chances to win those tickets to LAFC Atlanta United. This is Soccer Weekly. Jordan Harvey, Stephen Betashore, Dave Denholm, and you on the home of the black and gold, ESPN LA 710. Welcome back to Soccer Weekly, back-to-back edition. We're here helping black out LA. We have a huge game tomorrow, Friday, against Atlanta United. Everybody, please make it out. Wear your, all your black gear. Black jerseys recommended. Maybe even get a beta jersey on there. Number three. We're taking over, baby. We're taking yeah, over. Dave Hopefully Denholm, they're taking over tomorrow. He, t- he took a restroom break. We're locking him out. He's not coming back for a little bit. I love uh, it. I love the intro, by the way. That's great, huh? We need to get that. Put it on our social <laughs> when people open our page. I'd love I'd, that. I love the intro. Yeah. Well, welcome back. Uh, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about You weren't able to make it out, but we went to the Dodgers Stadium that. on Tuesday for LAFC uh, night. At Dodgers, yeah. Um, were you able to see Mark Anthony K get that first pitch? I did. So I went to it last year, and it was fun watching uh, Walker throw out the first pitch, and we gave him so much stick for that. And then uh, Mark uh, talked up a big game as well, and he threw out the first pitch. And I told him it was a little high. Might have hit the batter in the head if there was a batter. So he brought it though, and <laughs> it's did. the confidence that he had going with it. But. Uh, I just love the interaction that LAFC has uh, organized with the Dodgers, yeah. the fan base there. It's really cool. Um, they were handing out LAFC shirts. Uh, everybody was lining up for autographs from all the different guys. Um, Dodgers are so nice. They they let us take BP last time. This year practice. again or This no? year, not so much. But oh, just the man. whole experience. I grew up an Angels fan, and I have quickly turn to the Dodgers. Oh, <laughs> well, my buddies will kill me that I grew up with, but yeah. uh, the Dodgers, I'm just so much more invested. Hey guys, this yeah. is Mario, producer Mario here. You guys are doing a great job uh, taking over Soccer Weekly, but Dave Denholm, our host, is not really feeling this. He's not feeling that you guys have locked him out and <laughs> taken over. Where is he? And he's actually on the he, phone here. He can't here. get back in, huh? He, he's trying to get <laughs> back too in. Bad. And he does oh, not man. like that you guys locked him out. Dave, are you there? Yeah, I'm not amused, okay? Hey, we're Dave. Do the blackout how are you? Dave, we're mid-flow cool, here, dude. man. Take your time out there, right? I had to go to the restroom. I can't even get back in the building. I'm not going to blame either one of you, Jordan, but I got a feeling. <laughs> oh, good. It's Jordan. finally open. Thanks. Uh, Thanks. Uh, Thanks. Where's security? Here? Can, can we get security here? There's they were doing man. so well, Dave. They were doing so well. Damn. I wish you would have defended last week like you defended the studio. Oh, man. Shots oh, fired. Yeah, sorry. I <laughs> had to do it. Uh, yeah, I'm a guy who occasionally oh, needs a restroom break. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> Didn't know I was going to be locked out here on uh, Blackout LA week here. Change the locks. Yeah, very cool. You're talking uh, Dodgers, though. I was hearing a little bit of that on the phone, actually, as I was calling in to... Asking Mario that's, to buzz me back in. That sounds uh, unsanitary. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh my gosh! Uh, you, you and my wife would say the same thing. She's always yelling at me about that. But uh, anyway, that's uh, neither here nor there. Uh, we do have a segment, Mario, that we want to get to, which is perfect, obviously, for this show with you guys here as co-hosts here of Soccer Weekly. It is Black and Gold Breakdown. One, two, three, breakdown. It's the Black and Gold Breakdown. Breakdown. Break it down like this right now. Stephen Vadashore, Jordan Harvey, Dave Dunn home with you for Black and Gold Breakdown here on Blackout LA Week. Hashtag Blackout LA as we get ready for that Atlanta United game. Now, guys, I figured since uh, I don't talk a lot of X's and O's all the time because a lot of people listen to the show just because they love radio because it's such a great show. They don't necessarily all know that much about soccer, but we're going to dig deep this time, right? right? Let's not, you know, let's... We have so many soccer fans in this town, we don't need to pander to everybody else, right? (laughs) So I want to get deep into this here. And the wingbacks and how you guys fit into this scheme of Bob Bradley's because it is, let's just say you guys are playing very well this season. The both of you. Yeah, absolutely. There's, that's pretty much easy on the, to figure out if you watch any of LAFC. So I'm not really breaking ground there, but why do you guys have such, such success in this system? What, why, what what can you point to besides the fact you're a great player? I'm not. I'm not talking about even you individually. It's the scheme, too. Yeah, it's, it's really the scheme and Bob's system that we play. I think, um, you know, if if you're not a player willing to, to learn and adapt, and I think both of us uh, have played different styles on yeah. different teams, if you're not willing to learn and adapt and fit Bob's system, um, I don't think you'll do well. I don't think you'll succeed. Um, and so both of us... You know, obviously we've played a decent amount of years in MLS, but uh, we're guys that take pride in, um, you know, in our soccer IQ and and figuring out what's, you know, what exactly, what system uh, Bob wants us to play, what that entails, when do we tuck in, when do we go forward, when do we give us width, and um, you know, it's it's one of those things where we've looked good, but it's it's again because of Bob's system and everything kind of free flows and you're reading off of the center backs, the midfielders, the forwards, and you're getting into these half spaces um, that really make us a productive team. Circling around Carlos Vela doesn't hurt. Yeah. Sometimes for you. Just give him the ball. Just give him the ball. Having Carlos and uh, Diego and Dio and Christian up top definitely helps. But uh, from, from, for me, it's, it's everybody has a specific, idea of what their role is on the team and and for fullbacks um you know sometimes it's going forward sometimes it's hanging back sometimes it's offensive marking or counter pressing we're getting into these terms right here and and that helps us attacking wise as well so it's not just defensively or offensively it's a whole package and i think the thing that has really helped us this year is that everybody is uh stepped up their roles and and really uh taken it full on and everybody's bought in not that we didn't buy in last year but everybody understands it more is more comfortable with it and from the fullback position um like beta said you have to be thinking of where you want to be where you need to be each and every moment whether it is tucked in when diego's out wide or whether you need to step onto a guy and so there's little nuances to it that you pick up along the way that take time um, but thankfully, having spent so many years in the league and having experienced different systems, uh, I believe that we were able to pick these things up a little bit quicker. I would agree with that. Helped. Absolutely. Uh, it's uh, left-back Jordan Harvey and right-back Stephen Bateshore. The reason I mentioned that this is black and gold breakdown, we're trying to take a look at the wing-back spot here under Bob Bradley. Beta, as I've noticed over the year and a half, roughly, that we're now through this, you seem to tuck in a little bit more than Jordan does sometimes. Like, is there uh, is that specific? Is that a purposeful? Are you are you supporting Eduardo Tuesta there? Like, why are you 
finding yourself maybe a little bit more tucked in sometimes? Uh, it might have to do with uh, Carlos's positioning. Okay. Uh, typically, he does get wider and higher. It does um, seem like it happens more with Vela rather than Diego yeah. on your side. And, and so, you know, when he's in those positions, I want to make sure I give a good counterbalance to where sure. he's at, where, you know, when our center backs get the ball, I have an angle to receive it, but I'm also creating space for him. Um, you know, it's, it sounds funny to say, you know, you don't need to create space for him. He'll create his own space, <laughs> but it gives the opponent something else to think about. Like, okay, there's there's another LAFC player there. We can't just dismiss that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of time I might not even get the ball, but I know that I'm creating a little bit more space for him to get the ball. And a lot of that is from like 35 out and farther, even yeah. towards midfield. And yeah. Most of it, once you guys are getting into the 30-yard range, or as I like to call it, the 18 extended there, you guys are out there. You know, you're, you're trying to send in crosses and, and make things happen that way. But I do notice you guys love to cut back in. There's no, no shame in that. I know you guys want to get on the scoreboard yourselves at times. <laughs> it's not as, you know, maybe maybe happening as much this year. Is that something that's kind of been purposeful? You guys are really playing provider even more so this season. I just feel like each and every game uh... – the the opponent offers something different, sure, sure. and Betas had some success scoring. And they're learning you guys now. Yeah, too, yeah, absolutely. Team, Dropping know. off yeah. or playing with five in the back, but um, you know when you have such great attackers, for me, I try to just put myself in position to make him most successful. So if Diego is defending, I don't want him to come back too far. I want him in the right spot uh, defensively, so that when we win the ball, he's transitioning forward. So. For me, it's just making his life a little bit easier. And I'm not trying to get on the score sheet. I'm not trying to, uh, you know, get all the stats. But if he's getting them, then I feel like I'm having success as well. Do you remember every goal you've scored in MLS, Jordan? I've had like seven. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seven or so. I'm not, look, I'm not wow, trying to mock. Yeah. I'm not saying, yeah, but you haven't had oh, Carlos Vela seasons. Uh, 11? You probably remember. I think, like, you have you've had I think I have 11. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's had double digits. Um, you had that one you, year obviously, four. you don't remember yeah, everyone. No, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, because, uh, there's a few that stand out, but yeah, yeah no, I definitely don't. Because you guys don't. are basically, you're charged essentially with setting up people. That's, you know, and yeah. so when you do score, and Beta, you've had a little bit more of the goal. Kind of scored, but also heavy in assists. A few years, yeah. I'm not career. used to the goals. That's, uh, That's true. Uncommon I mean, for me. Your assists have been pretty phenomenal from for a wing back spot, though. At times, so. yeah. I, I mean, I enjoy passing the ball. Um, you know, it's something that I grew up playing center midfield, so I got more assists than goals. Sure. So I, I enjoy it more when I set someone up for a goal. Did you guys always play different? Did you play different positions, Jordan? You were like this. The, this is the standard, like starting out at left forward and then gradually I was coming say, back, back, working your way. Chris Albright. Yeah, I had sorry, some, Chris. I, I love you. Yeah, but, yeah. I had some forward-thinking <laughs> coaches though when I was super young, Argentinian and uh, Brazilian, and so they always. Uh, preached Roberto Carlos, and that was a way to get me back there. Well, just saying, you could still get forward, you could still get forward, but yeah, I, I took it on pretty young, probably around uh, 12 that I was playing fullback. So and I, no I disrespect it. to defenders, I hate to say it, but you don't become the best high school soccer player in America <laughs> by playing defense, Jordan. That's a little different. Right? I mean, yeah. you gotta put the ball in the back of the net when you're in high school. I like can't Jordan. believe it's taken me this long to find that out. Yeah. I just found it out this year. Gatorade player of yeah. the year when he was a kid, yeah. right? I'm yeah. like, how yeah. do you not... Like putting this everywhere, you should tell me these type of things. <laughs> yeah, I don't know high school soccer. I don't know. He is it's the a Gatorade big High yeah. School Player of the Year, Jordan yeah, Harvey, thanks. a few years ago. Stephen Betashore and Dave Dunholm with you. The Soccer Weekly. It's Blackout LA back to back podcast. 
Guys, it, Black and Gold Breakdown was great with that. How's the podcast going? How are you guys doing? Podcast is good. It's good. It's <laughs> difficult. It's a little bit more difficult than we expected. Ah, we uh, like that, we'd actually. like to do it on the road, but at times, uh, whatever, we're, we're exhausted from the game, so we just don't do it, or we don't have a guest for any given. We thought it was going to be a little bit easier, but we're chipping away at it. Yeah. We're chipping away. Well, if you haven't heard the airplane, I'll just say it that way, the airplane episode, yeah, basically what everybody episode. knows it as, go find it. That'll be a good introduction to the podcast, but there's plenty of other, you know, definitely listen to the other ones too, back to back. Bear with the audio. Yeah. It's on a plane. You gotta fight through that a little bit, but once you do, you know, it's podcasting. Yeah, of course. The first couple minutes you get used to it, but we had a lot of guests on that one, so people really loved it. (laughs) Talk about inside, let me tell you. Yeah. Literally inside. Yeah. The if plane. we chartered every flight home, I think we'd probably have a podcast oh, every road trip. We'd have to oh. change the name, but it would definitely yeah. be. It's not. <laughs> it's wait, wait it's not on LASC. They would do it. Yeah. Let me ask my producer Mario. Let's get in touch. Uh, I smell a uh, collective bargaining agreement issue here. Let's be careful here. <laughs> it's coming at the end of the year. I end of the year. Don't even remind up. me of that, yeah. guys. Don't even remind me of that. Hey, we still have a uh, top what five list? What are we top doing five. here? Top, top five, five list from yep. the back to back podcast coming up. Jordan Harvey, Stephen Bader, Dave Denholm, and you. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Back to Back Pod. We're taking over Soccer Weekly. We're here with Jordan Harvey, Dave Denholm. Thanks for joining us, Dave. We appreciate it. I'm happy to be here, guys. Happy <laughs> hey, to be here. You know, uh, <laughs> you caught I, me on that one, actually. That was nice. <laughs> you know, I thought it was such a nice thing that Jordan Harvey gave away two sure. tickets. Uh, I decided to join in as well, give ah. uh, two of my tickets away as so well. Generous. Yeah. <laughs> so it do it for also, the kids, baby. Do, do it for, it for the, the kids. kids. Yes. It's all about the kids. All about the kids. <laughs> Uh, it will also include the LAFC VIP experience. Ooh. So you'll get an autographed team ball with, yes, Carlos Vela no. on there. Nice. No, yes. more so. Everybody wants Fito's signature Fito's on there. Fito's a liar. Yes, it yes. will be on there, I promise you. Holy cow. Absolutely. This guy is, I've never seen a fan favorite like him. It's unbelievable. I, I did a jersey giveaway, and I said everybody's <laughs> signature was on here, and the guy came back to me and goes, hey, Fito's missing. <laughs> I go, okay, I'll go get Fito. I'm sorry. <laughs> It was unbelievable. Yeah. This guy. Oh, <laughs> tell what, tell him what's in people. there. Uh, and you also get uh, so you get the autograph ball, and you also get to take a penalty post match. I think that's the coolest part of the VIP experience. Um, yes, so you can see how Carlos Vela hits his penalties. Absolutely. You can try to replicate it. That so. is all on Friday against difficult. Atlanta United. Two tickets: the autograph team ball, and as Beta said, the penalty kicks. Eight seven 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 ten ESPN. Third caller in honor of uh, Beta wearing the number three. We did Jordan's number two earlier. So the third caller at eight seven 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 ten ESPN is going to win those tickets to that game against Atlanta United and that VIP experience package, which is awesome. Speaking of the fans, guys, I know there's a lot of Fito fans, but there's a lot of fans. <laughs> and I put out on Twitter at Talk Soccer, pretty good. Yeah, good. I put out on Twitter to ask you guys some questions. Here's one from Pepe. I want to get this one in for both of you. Given the disappointing performance Friday, where is the morale of the team right now? Yeah, we uh, we actually had a meeting and uh, we discussed this. And the the major thing is that everybody um, took things from that game that they needed. And I believe, and I am fueled right now, that we are using this as motivation to move forward throughout the season. All right. It was a really good week of training as well. Guys are motivated. Guys are fired up to get back on the field and uh, play tomorrow. So That's a good one. Yeah, good question, too. Thank you, Pepe. Uh, from Scott, he asks, what are the team goals for this season? And, and I think he means in terms of priorities now. Obviously, the U.S. Open Cup got away from us a bit. What are the priorities for this team? 
I don't know if you can prioritize anything. We are obviously trying to win every single game. Sure. And in doing that, hopefully set some records, hopefully get the supporters shield and put us in a good standing to go into the playoffs in the best possible position and then win, win MLS Cup. That's just bottom line. There's no priority in that we're trying to win each and every game. Mm-hmm. Beta, this one, uh, well, it's for both of you, but I'll uh, lead to you. This is from our buddy Matt. You know him, but I'll tell you who it is afterwards. He asks, can you ask them how their wives feel about their bromance? <laughs> <laughs> the the wives, they love the bromance. They joke about the bromance. Uh, they say we spend time with each other more than we do. Uh, more might, than we do with them. Might so. be true. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they're they're envious of our bromance. Very nice. Yeah. But encouraging. Encouraging. Yeah. They, they, they understand that... Uh, you know, when you're on the road, when you're playing a professional sport, that you need someone to bounce things off of, sure. and so it's nice to have someone like Beta. Well, thanks to everybody who sent in questions at Talk Soccer. There was a ton of them. We could only get to a few here. We got to get to this top five list, a back-to-back podcast. If you haven't checked that out, go to lafc.com. Guys, you have a good top five list. What is the top five uh, category for this? Yeah, one? what you might not know is that we have a uh, ping pong table in our locker room, and so. Before practice, after practice, in our downtime, uh, most guys play ping pong, and we have tournaments every once in a while. And so we thought it'd be fun to do a top five ping pong player of LAFC. Fantastic. I love this. Yeah. Athletes playing other sports. That's what we love. Is ping pong a sport? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh You just insulted the entire oh, ping pong community. He was kidding. He was kidding. Uh, sorry. You. Sorry. Was kidding. It's in the Olympics, right? Sorry. Only the best high school soccer player in America yeah. can say uh, that. Yeah. You see how that like, is? Oh, God. Yeah. So number five, the, the top five ping pong player list from LAFC. Who's number five? Number five, Dayon. This oh. guy probably is he logged. He plays the most. He's logged the most minutes. Most minutes. Definitely log the most minutes, and he is getting there. He'll probably move up in the next year, up to four or three. Oh, nice. But as of right now, we put him at five. Okay, who's ahead of Dayon at number four? Uh, Javi. Javi uh, plays a similar amount to Dayon, probably because they're always playing each other, but uh, (laughs) it's a good battle between them. But I'd say he just edges out Dayon on that. And it's funny because he's kind of smooth and silky on the field, yeah. and it translates to the ping pong oh. table, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. That is pretty is cool, it? actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I like that. So we're top five ping pong playing LAFC players. We got Dayon Yakovich, Javi Perez at number four. Number three. Walker Zimmerman. Oh. He's probably going to be a little bit disappointed. We put him at three. Uh, but he uh, talks a mean game. He's probably the most uh, trash-talking player out of the group. And uh, whenever he starts trash talking, we call him Texas Ranger. Yeah. <laughs> so when Texas Ranger comes out, um, he's on the table and he's shooting. He's spitting fire. I love so that. he'll definitely Walker, be upset. Walker Zimmerman at three. Us. Beta, who will Walker be mad at? Not just you two, but who's at number two that he's going to be ticked off at? Well, the beloved Carlos Vela oh, is yeah. at number two. Lefty. He doesn't play often, but when he does, that lefty, you just can't stop it. You know, it's like There's the soccer. There's such a field. joke about soccer in there too, but I will, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> we can't, Carlos. You know, he's been he, the guy's been playing great defensively this year. I don't say that lightly. I've been saying it on the show. Carlos Vela has made some great defensive plays this season. I was joking with him today about that. Unbelievable backtracking from him yeah. many times yeah, this year. Yeah, he's working hard. I've been, I've been quite frankly shocked when a guy of that skill and that magnitude offensively gets back, and you know that's a great, a great tone setter. They need to up his FIFA ranking for the defensive category. Yeah, he's getting robbed. Hundred percent. Now, who isn't getting robbed is the number one. Oh yeah, there we go. Pong player for Los Angeles Football slash Ping Pong Club. Lee. Wins. 
Wynn. The great Lee Wynn. Wow, yes. what makes Lee Wynn so great? Well, first of all, he's a member of the, the Beard Squad, the beard so squad. the Beard Gang. He gets, so he's up rating. Extra points yeah, just for that. Definitely he does up, move up a spot. very smoothly on the pitch, so you'd imagine it translates in shorter bursts, too. Absolutely. He has a great defensive game. He attacks, and he's got this laugh after he gets a point. <laughs> That he gets under it the gets opponent's skin. He gets in their that. head. Even when he's watching, yeah. um, mainly against Dayan, he gets this like, ha, 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 ha. Oh, Very is high and pitch it is and hysterical. But, yeah, anybody who plays against them, I think it's it's more mental than it is his ping pong ability. Well, fellas, you got curfew. So curfew, the back-to-back yeah. pod is going to call it a night here in Blackout LA. You're kicking and, us out. Yeah. Well, thanks for letting curfew. us take over the show. We appreciate Dude, it. Anytime. You guys are great. We love it. Check out the back-to-back podcast. Start with the one on the plane. That's a good way to start, place to start. <laughs> and then you can go from there with the other ones. No doubt about it. Uh, guys, once again, good luck. Stephen Betashur, Jordan Harvey from the Los Angeles Football Club. Always a pleasure to talk to you guys. Thanks for having us, Dave. You bet. Stop his time with the great Mario Reeves next here on the home of the Black and Gold. It's Blackout LA Week on ESPN LA 710. Blackout LA Week as LAFC get ready to take on Atlanta United. You'll hear it right here on ESPN LA, the home of the Black and Gold, 6.30 p.m. tomorrow night, 7 o'clock kickoff. Thanks once again to uh, Stephen Bateshore and Jordan Harvey for taking over the show with their back-to-back podcast earlier on. If you miss anything, you can always... Get the podcast of this show, Soccer Weekly, going to iTunes or go to ESPN Pod Center and search Soccer Weekly. Subscribe, rate, and review, please. It is time now for the LA Care Injury Report. At LA Care, our mission has always been to provide quality, affordable health care coverage to all Angelinos. For more information, visit lacare.org today. LA Care for all of LA. On the LAFC side, well, among the names, of course, Mohamed El Munir is the most concerning. He's going to have to have surgery on the facial injury that he suffered against L.A. Galaxy. And also, Danila Silva, who had been listed as questionable with that left hamstring strain, i got to say he looked pretty good at practice earlier today. So that's good news for Danilo Silva. Atlanta United looks like a mash unit. Of course, they had the uh, long-term injury with the George Bellow out. Hector Vialba is out. Kevin Kratz listed as out. Ezekiel Barco, the great midfielder, is out. Florentine Pogba. Breck Shea had that knee injury earlier in the month. He's out for the season. Mikey Ambrose is listed as questionable as well with some thigh issues. So that's a long list for Frank DeBoer and Atlanta United. So that is your L.A. Care injury report. Time now for the segment of every radio show. It's the best. Stoppage time. What time is it? It's stoppage time. Yeah. Stoppage time. It's stoppage time. Right now. The producer of Los Angeles Football Club here on ESPN LA and the producer of the show. He's the host of Stoppage Time, the great Mario Reeves. Mario. Dave, it's so good to get those back-to-back guys out of here, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> They're about to take over our show. They virtually locked me out when I went Come to on. the bathroom earlier. Unbelievable. Man, as if they don't have anything else to do. <laughs> anyway, uh, we got Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who uh, definitely hit that elbow up on uh, Munir the past game, but he's not going to get any suspension for that. News just came down, and uh, that's kind of hard to believe after that, that dent that he put into Munir's Ooh. face, huh? Yeah, tough blow there. Uh, look, again, part of this is all the VAR junk, Mario. I don't want to get too deep into it all the time, but... What are they not looking at there? You know, like during the game. What are you what are you looking for? And you know, some people are saying, well, El Munir had a bad tackle earlier in the game. It could have been a red card. Yeah, okay. Yes, we did see that. Yeah, but you know, look, it's my belief, again, let me stress this, my opinion 
that Zlatan Ibrahimovic knew exactly what he was doing. Now, does he want to crack the guy's face? No, not necessarily. You know what I mean, Mario. Yeah. But guys know what they're doing at times on the pitch. Now, again, it's a rough game. Things happen, but that was uncalled for. And we saw we saw some of the LAFC staff getting fired up about that. You know, got into it a little bit with Zlatan afterwards, and yeah. rightfully so. You know, I mean, you just look. There's got to be some professional courtesy. I know the rev- rivalry is the rivalry. But here's what I'll say about Zlatan Ibrahimovic, and I've alluded to it on this show. And I know the Galaxy fans are going to get all up in arms about what I'm about to say, like how dare you and all this. Zlatan Ibrahimovic is a bit of a punk. And he can get away with some stuff on the pitch because he's kind of got that, you know, he's protected in the sense that, like all athletes are between the lines, they can sometimes act tougher, you know, and do things because they know they're protected on a certain level, right? You're not going to do that on a in a pickup game. You know, in, in the back of a high school somewhere in somebody's neighborhood, right, Mar? You're not going to play that True. way. You know, and it, so guys can sometimes get away with that, but it's a bit of a punk move. And I'll say this. It, it would seem to me to be hard to root for a guy like Zlatan Ibrahimovic. That's the bottom line. You know, and again, if he's on your team, you're going to love him, right? There's, there's been guys like that throughout the history of sports where if they're not on your team, you hate them. Can't stand them. Yeah. Dennis Rodman. Uh, but if he's on your team, Rodman's one of the best players in the NBA at yeah, the time. Yeah. You know, like I mean, he's your guy. Uh, a guy like Sean Avery or Ty Domi in the NHL. You know, like just guys that you just can't stand if they're not on your team. But once they're wearing your kit or your sweater, you love them. So that's to me what Zlatan Ibrahimovic is looking like right about now. Stop it, time! Dave, on to brighter news. Let's talk about LAFC's Carlos Vela. Uh, he is rewriting MLS record, record books, Dave, but he's, he's not worried about that. What he's worried about is lifting the MLS cup. I mean, what he said, uh, he said last year we had a great season, but this season we want to be champions. That's what he told ESPN FC. We had an incredible, uh, first half to our year, but it won't mean anything if we don't finish as champions at the end of yeah. this season. Oh, it's so good to hear, isn't it? And we heard that from Beta and Jordan earlier on the show, right? It's so good, that attitude, Mario. We see it at practice when we go for the black and gold. They are focused. Look, they were bitterly disappointed that they didn't get that U.S. Open Cup either. And rightfully so. They wanted these trophies. They want to keep winning. And now it's up to getting the Supporter Shield and getting MLS Cup. And you can tell Carlos Vela, he's not just racking up stats to rack up stats. That's the bottom line. He wants to win. He's looking out for his teammates. He fed Fito Zelaya, and I will never forget that assist. Because if Carlos Vela was in it for Carlos Vela, Mario, he would have scored on that play himself. That's the bottom line. I know it's just one play, but to me that goes a long way to telling you the attitude that he has. And I told I told Beta and Jordan Harvey, Carlos Vela's made some great defensive plays this year, hustling all the way up and down the pitch. And if this is a guy who's in it for himself, he just wouldn't be doing that. Bottom line. And we see way too many superstars that act that way in sports who don't do enough to try to win. And I believe the guy when he says it. And I've seen it. That's all that matters. We've seen it on the pitch week in and week out. Now, he's so good, and his teammates are so good, that he's going to score a lot of goals and rack up stats. That's just that's just the way it is because they're so talented. But that doesn't, you know, just because he maybe breaks records or scores a lot of goals doesn't mean he's selfish, doesn't mean he's not playing for the team, doesn't mean he doesn't want to win either. And sometimes we lose sight of that when it comes to statistics in sports, you know, and records. I think sometimes we automatically assume it's a little bit of selfishness. 
all the time. But no, I see none of that. And I hope that continues, and I believe it will, because he does have that goal of winning the uh, the uh, a bigger party, winning MLS Cup. And that's really what it comes down to. He went on to say the team is doing the right things, but we've got to remain humble and working hard day in and day out to be the best version of ourselves. Yeah, love it. Love it, and that's what I'm seeing. So it's not just words. It's not just hyperbole that Carlos Vela is saying the right things, quote-unquote, to the media. He's believing them right now, and and he is living them out day in and day out. That's all that matters. That's all you can ask for out of a superstar and a designated player. You would hope, you would you would wish every designated player was like exactly like Carlos Vela has been, and that's really huge for LAFC. Great stuff, Mario Rees. Thank you, Dave. Thanks so much for setting it up with the gang, the, the back-to-back podcast. Check them out at LAFC.com. Stephen Betishore and Jordan Harvey. I am Dave at home. And you, don't forget, are listening to the place you're going to hear that Atlanta United game tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. pregame and a kickoff at 7. It's the home of the black and gold at Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710.